You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, for your Wednesday hump day edition of Locked On Browns. We're going to sit down from with the first pick, the NFL Draft Lounge, does some Cavaliers coverage, clutch points, NFL as well, dog pound daily, little work over at PFF, uh, a full plate for young Mr. Sam Penix. Uh, glad to have him along for the ride as we're going to roll on through here on your hump day edition of Lockdown Browns, which is brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch me, I like a jolt of caffeine. Um, it's usually been good for Browns wins. Uh, maybe, you know, being spiked up on a Pepsi before kickoff on Sunday against the Steelers wasn't so great. But either way, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It is made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from the fine folks over at Pepsi. Like I said, we have Sam Penix in here joining us along for the ride here today. Um, we're the third of the season, um, and I always tell you guys, nothing goes nearly as quickly as the NFL season. But we are already a third of the way through. Uh, we'll talk some thoughts here on the offense. We'll talk some thoughts here on the defense. I know everybody wants to talk about possible up upgrades and the November 3rd trade deadline, something else maybe going on that day as well. We'll see. Of course, we'll get to all that with Sam. Sam, um, I think, you know, obviously riding high, a four-week stretch, a month without a loss. Uh, offense looked good. Defense was creating turnovers. But then you get to, you know, Pittsburgh. And I think the Steelers are always going to be something that makes – whatever happened, magnified, magnitude, um, and you get to where maybe a lot of Browns fans are right now. But, Sam, some thoughts here through, you know, a third of the way, you know, on the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, there is a lightning bolt part of that offense. But for the most part, the thoughts from Sam Penix. I mean, on paper, we're four and two. I'll take it, right? If you had promised me four and two before the season – with everything that happened over the offseason, new coaching staff, basically no face-to-face -face interaction with the players. I think everybody would have taken that after the disaster that was last year. But I think no matter how good things are going anywhere else, you're always going to have to look back at, at quarterback and think, you know, how are we – what's the situation there? How are we doing there? Because that's the fulcrum of this whole team. That's where everything rests on. and. I mean, looking elsewhere, things are going pretty well. I mean, you have you have the offensive line looking good outside of last week. You have a great running game. You have your receivers doing what they need to do for the most part. The defense is looking better, uh, especially from a schematic standpoint, I've thought, over the past few weeks. But still, the quarterback position is going to get the most talk, and rightfully so because it's the biggest question mark I think you have on the team right now. And um, it's a it's a a huge stepping point in one direction or the other for the future of this team. And look, you know, it, it, it's there's no way to slice it. 
Um, obviously, a lot is on Six's plate as far as you know where his success has been as far as maybe for the general over part. But Sam, one that I keep getting to, and for the amount of the investment that was put in to the tight end position, um, and I'm not saying it would be an individual thing, but I'm still waiting for this game or or one where, you know, granted the, the Kelsey's of the world, I mean, Kittles of the world, they're special, special talents, but the Browns have, you know, a triumvirate. If you want to put Carlson in there, I'm still wondering when we're going to get a little bit more out of this tight end group because, you know, I know from some, you know, I know from some talks within that front office for the amount they put into this tight end group, they were expecting a little bit bigger of a return. And I mean, it's not that they've not been a factor and I, you know, obviously Hooper it's blocking as well as receiving, but this is one. And with Baker's struggles, you know, what do you always say with a quarterback and, when they're having issues, you know, find a way to simplify things. Tight ends usually do that. And, and maybe it's time. And I, I just, I'm still waiting for this game where this tight end group can give 10, 11 receptions, over 100 yards, a couple of touchdowns, because the diversity of talent is there. They certainly have guys who can catch the ball, but maybe this would be something that would ease, you know, Baker back into a better comfort zone, uh, you know, after, you know, a couple of, you know, two weeks in a row here with, you know, some bad, bad looking interceptions. I think that's a good point. I'm not sure how much the number changed over the past few weeks, but I think after the Cowboys game, uh, 27% of Baker's total targets up to that point were to his tight ends, which is you know less than a third. Um, and, you know, considering the amount of, of capital that they put into that position over the off season, you would think maybe that number would be higher. So I am also waiting for them to have a, a big game as a position group. Uh, I know that obviously Najoku is incredibly talented and, you know, he could go off at any, any moment, but he really hasn't been given the opportunity to do that. He's mostly been used as a blocker. Oddly enough, uh, they use him in, in pass protection a lot instead of <laughs> sending him out on routes for some reason. I'm not sure what the deal is there, but, um, and Hooper, He's he's a good player. Uh, he's not on that level of Kelsey or Kittle, even just from an athleticism standpoint. So he's never going to be able to get the same separation that the, those guys get, the same yards after catch. But he's a very reliable target, and I think he's shown to be that thus far. Um, I still don't think, you know, you can't really blame the two, but I don't think he and Baker really have that innate chemistry just yet i think that, that'll come eventually at least i hope but i think they've all done some different things and they've looked good doing some different things in different games this year and we're just kind of waiting for it all to come together at some point and i do think that getting them more involved in the game plan is going to help mayfield out because we've seen throughout his whole career dating back to college that he has success when he finds his tight ends over the middle and He's not really pushing the ball downfield right now. He's not throwing it with confidence over the middle. So maybe getting the tight ends involved in that area would help him out. Honestly, I just want them to use Najoku as a receiver split out wide. Like that that just seems so obvious to me because that's his skill set. And they don't have uh, their wide receiver three in Hodge anymore. So I, I'm not sure if that's going to come, but I sure hope it does. 
Uh, I mean, use all these assets and they have a great amount of assets. And what did we say about, you know, Rashard Higgins? Find a way, maybe get him involved. And what do you do? You get him involved. Two touchdowns, two weeks. Um, And I understand it's got to be very, very difficult for a first time head coach. And, you know, whatever you guys want to say based on Sunday, it doesn't change the overall fact. They have an embarrassment of riches. They have a really good offensive line. When Nick Chubb comes back, they have a crazy, crazy talented and deep running back group. Um, with Odell and Jarvis, they both command a bunch of targets, and it's their reputation. It's deserved. Um, and tight ends, but it's just – and it, you just got to find a way to try and balance it all because there's no way these defenses can focus on everything. So when these defenses are focused on everything, give them maybe the least that they've seen. But, Sam – it, it, it's it's Baker, and I mean, look, it's paramount. Um, the play needs to pick up. The turnovers need to go down. Um, but here's a couple of weeks of maybe to get fat opportunities. Feel better about yourself coming up in these next couple of games. Um, they've got to find a way. And look, there's no other alternative. It's not Case Keenum, folks. It's not anything you're going to bring in. Look, Matt Ryan's 36 years old, but I mean, the contract, I mean, you guys just throw these names out at least try to do a little homework. I mean, I, people, Marcus Mariota, for God's sakes, Brissett, Jameis Winston. Really, Jameis Winston? You're upset with Baker over interceptions, but you're going to suggest a guy like Jameis Winston. Guys, it's make, it's Baker. It, it's 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 make him or, or maybe it breaks. But for these next 10 weeks, 11 weeks, 12 weeks, if it goes to the postseason, it's Baker. It's all about Baker. Find a way to make it work, Sam. Yep. I know a lot of people are are frustrated and disappointed with his performance so far, me included, but there's there's nothing else that there's no one else that they're going to be able to bring in. Like that position group is not changing right now. There's going to be no trade deadline acquisition that's a quarterback. You know, these veteran names that are being floated around, Ryan, Matt Stafford, Aaron Rodgers even. Right, Patrick Dow. right now. Yeah, like if if Mayfield doesn't improve by the end of the of 2021, then you can explore bringing in an, an established veteran to you know bridge you to that next young guy. But right now, th- from this season through next season, it's Mayfield or nothing, and we need to accept that and hope that he is able to make these consistent upward trends, these next steps that that he needs to take in order to become even an average quarterback this year. Um, because if, if that doesn't happen, um, this team is going to win because of talent in all the other areas. And when they face a good team like Baltimore or Pittsburgh, they're going to get embarrassed. You know, the, the two best teams that they've played this year, the Steelers and the Ravens, you have to play those teams twice each year. Those are the kinds of teams that you have to beat if you want to become a perennial playoff team and the Browns didn't even look like they belonged in those two games. So it's a big problem. And honestly, I, I was confident in Mayfield coming into the season because of what I saw out of him last year being not as bad as a lot of people made it out to be. And I liked the addition of Stefanski. I liked the addition of Van Pelt. And I thought their their uh, their offensive system would be good for Mayfield once he got comfortable in it. Now, obviously, six weeks is 
far too small a sample size to make a sweeping judgment on how that's going to work going forward. But I'm not seeing much, if any, improvement out of Mayfield on a week-to-week basis, unfortunately. And he's still making the mistakes that, you know, you write off as, oh, well, he's a rookie. You know, it's his third game. But this is his third season now. And, like, the the throw to Minka Fitzpatrick on the first drive last week, like, that, that is not a throw that a third-year first overall pick quarterback can be making. And to say it's concerning is an understatement. I'm not writing Mayfield off right now. I think there's plenty of time for him to get back on track. And I think he is going to improve as he gets more experience in this offense because it's something that he's never done before in his football career. But there's no sugarcoating the fact that he's not been good thus far. And I think we we need to just accept that he's responsible for his play right now. And we can't just blame it all on what happened last year with the coaching staff. And I think a lot of people are using that as just a flat-out excuse for his play. And I don't think we can do that if we want to be honest with ourselves. So moving forward, we need to see Mayfield learn from his mistakes, not continue to make these terrible decisions that a a first-year player would make, and start looking like this is actually his third year and he's developing on a week-to-week basis. All fair assessments. And, I mean, if you're going to look at it simply, what is the weakest link of this offensive group right now? And it sucks to say. It really does. Because, you know, I think for the better part, for almost all of us, for the last two-plus years, we've taught us in a one thing as far as the offensive side of the ball. We think we got the quarterback right. Now where the O-line looks right, the wide receiver group looks right, tight end group looks right, running back, running back group with Nick Chubb looks right, one thing's not looking right here. And, and and look, it's not that it's every single snap, but it, again, it's the importance of the quarterback position. One throw, two throw, bad, ruin an entire quarterback day. And you go to the Colts where he started off hot. Then those two second-half interceptions ugh, certainly distorts the day. This two bad throws early against Pittsburgh eh, killed it. Um, so it's a concern. Um, do I think he's better than what we've seen the last few weeks? I absolutely do. Um, and, you know, maybe getting into a couple of games here, uh, Bengals and then, you know, Raiders, you know, who knows? It'll be most likely to be a shootout, but certainly plays to be had in both those games. More coming here. Jeff Lloyd, Sam Penix on your Wednesday. Lockdown Browns. We'll take it over the defensive side of the ball here. Get some thoughts from Sam on that side of the ball. Hey, guys, I want to tell you about a new website that launched on August 1st called OhioVersusEveryone.com. The site covers all Ohio sports and pop culture. They have in-depth, interesting articles about the Cavaliers, the Browns, the Indians, obviously the Reds and the Bengals as well. And, of course, returning Saturday, your Ohio State Buckeyes. John McCaffrey recently wrote an article looking ahead to the trade deadline as far as possible. Um, things that could be added to the Cleveland Browns. So go ahead, check that out. It's all your favorite teams, all in one site. Because they cover all the teams, they only bring you the best, most interesting topics. Check them out. Again, it's OhioVersusEveryone.com. That's OhioVSEveryone.com. Sam, I think for the most part, and you know, we had talked about this leading into the Pittsburgh game, it came to a point where you know, the defense – 
for the talent they have and their void, obviously at the linebacking spot, the secondary seems to be kind of a revolving door. The turnover ratio was, you know, an unattainable pace. And it was going to be something that was going to be key in a game with a team like Pittsburgh. And I think for the most part, the D did a decent job. I mean, they hung in as long as they could. They've grown accustomed the defense to like where it's, you know, almost like a boxing match. It's 12 rounds. All right, we'll find a way to squeak it out in the last couple of rounds. But with the offense not scoring, you just can't ask the defense and you're not going to get the turnovers from the better teams the way you are against, you know, from some of these lesser teams. But I, I think to this point, for what's out there, not having Grant Elpit, um, obviously everybody was hoping to see, you know, at least Mac Wilson would he establish himself in year two. We barely got to see Mac Wilson. I think he's playing. Um, I don't necessarily think he's healthy. I think he's healthy enough to play. I don't think he's 100%. Jacob Phillips, we've seen a couple of flashes, whether it was the Dallas game, a flash or two in the Colts game, and then the knee flares up again. Um, and then you get B.J. Goodson, who is your highest-graded defender for week six. So if you want to understand what a weird anomaly week six versus Pittsburgh was, that's probably all you need to know right there. Uh, the defensive line certainly could have played better week six, but I think they are still the core and the glue of this defense. But where we had our concerns and our questions about this defense, I think, Sam, the results, and yes, they're getting gashed. Yes, they're giving up a bunch of yards. Part of that also might be with some of these games where the Browns are getting up early and leaving teams with no other option but to throw the ball around. I think the D for this point, I think he's played better than we anticipated when we first heard Grant Talbot gone. You know, no Mac Wilson for however long it was going to be. I think these guys have held up pretty good. Yeah, I was I was impressed with how they play for the most part on Sunday. I mean, the thirty eight points looks bad at first, but obviously seven of those were from the pick six. And I think you know, for the first half, they the defense kept the Browns in the in that game. I think a lot longer than they deserved to be in it based on how that offense was playing. And that was definitely not what I would have have expected going into that game. So, I mean, when, when Miles Garrett gets one pressure on the day and the defense still finds a way to shut down the, the Steelers offense for the majority of the first half, that's a pretty good sign, I would think, because, you know, once you have Garrett wrecking a game again, like he's done multiple times this year, and the defense can replicate its first half performance from last week then I think you you have a good thing going and again that was without Ronnie Harrison that was without Carl Joseph so they they are still missing some pieces without Jacob Phillips and even in spite of these injuries I think they've they've shown some good things each week and just like the just like the offense in some areas they just need to start doing it more consistently and I think getting more comfortable in Joe Wood's system is going to help them do that a lot. Um, early in the season, I was not all that impressed with how Woods was managing his personnel, mostly in the secondary. But as far as scheme, in the past few weeks, I think he's he's come a long way. So the defense is still going to be the weaker unit overall for the most part, you know, in, in most normal games where they're not getting destroyed because they can't score. But I think based on where they right, they are right now, 
adding a few more pieces next year in the draft and free agency, I think they'll be in a good spot moving forward, especially because you get an excellent prospect in Grant Delpit back next year as an extra draft pick pretty much. And and you look at it, the way that system will work out. I mean, look, you know, Sendejo, Carl Joseph here in one-year deals. Um, but you're going to return a, you know, a safety unit where you'll have Delpit joining Ronnie Harrison. Hopefully, Shells Red One will continue more time to, you know, obviously you get to play here. But – and this is the thing. You get Joseph back. You get Redwine back. I mean, sorry, you get Harrison back. You get uh, Jacob Phillips back. Now you're at the point now where, look, defensive line, you're going eight, nine deep on game day. And you're pretty much trusting all of these guys, regardless, you know, obviously smaller size, larger size as far as reps. The linebacker group, you like what Malcolm Smith's doing. I think B.J. Goodson, I think you just like the consistency. You like the signal calling that comes from B.J. Goodson. But hopefully you can sprinkle A. Phillips into that. Maybe Mac Wilson as the knee starts to come around you'll now have you know legitimate four safeties that you can put on the field, which they've never really had at any opportune time, whether it was the fact that, you know, Harrison wasn't ready for the playbook, whether it was whatever the situation was with Sheldrick Redwine. But it's now going to give you an opportunity to go 22, 23 deep on defense with players who have seen reps and meaningful reps. And it should make things easier for Joe Woods. I mean, Greedy Williams, my God, I swear to God, it, it seems so weird. They put him on IR. And it's like we don't even mention Greedy Williams anymore. Who knows even what becomes of that? But similar, like like we talked about where you were asking the uh, the defense to consistently provide turnovers week in, week out. Look, Miles Garrett ain't going to win it every week on the defensive side of the ball. If you watch Sunday Night Football, you know, Aaron Donald's a fantastic player, but there's ways you can try to take guys like him, guys like Miles Garrett, out of games. Um, and you can't expect – your edge rusher to win every game for you. Yes, he did get a sack. No, he didn't get many pressures. Um, part of that was on Pittsburgh saying our quarterback is old as hell. He's slow as hell. He doesn't move well anymore. Uh, we're just going to keep this guy away from us. Uh, keep this guy away from him. And it's just that simple. Sam, for you, what has been good or bad? The biggest surprise on the defensive side of the ball to this point. That's a good question. Um, Probably Malcolm Smith, honestly. I mean, right. It really, really it really, really seemed like really once we heard signing, that. Yeah. It really seemed like once we heard that Mac Wilson was going to be back this year, that we, you know, like it was just going to be like, all right, Malcolm Smith has just been released. But right. he's right. played pretty well. I mean, and he's just smart. And I hope these guys are watching him because there's things they can pick up. Yeah, I mean, he looks he looks way better than he he did for the majority of his career. Like, obviously he's not playing like he did in that Super Bowl on a consistent basis, but he's been much better than the player that he's been the past few years. And for a guy who was signed that late in training camp in this unprecedented off season, I think what he's done has been very impressive and, you know, he's holding his own in coverage. He's, He's definitely a lot more instinctive than Goodson. You'll see him make more splash plays, more tackles behind the line of scrimmage or at the line of scrimmage than Goodson. And I think without him, this linebacking corpse would would have just I don't know. It we we knew that was going to be the weak link of the defense, but I think he's done an excellent job to kind of hold it together in spite of the different injuries that have been happening. 
I think Malcolm Smith finds the football. B.J. Goodson has opportunities where the football has found him, and that is the difference. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I it's it's not been a huge, huge size, but what Malcolm Smith, Smith has done to this point, it certainly you know, gives you wonders of if he wasn't here, my God, um, you know, this team could maybe be three and three. This team could maybe be two and four. He's come up big in big opportunities. But, look, he's – played in these type of games. So it's not uncommon for him to be in these situations. We're going to get to a little bit more here with Sam, talk about you know where the roster's at. I know everybody wants to wonder about November 3rd and the trade deadline. Da, 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 da. We'll get to that, all that, with Sam Penix, part of PFF, part of everywhere. You got somewhere you need writing, Sam Penix has got you covered. You hit him up. The improved Bill Parr is even deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. Six brand new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. Some of your favorites from the original lineup, German chocolate, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, toffee almond. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and they're easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or gal. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. They are great with the keto diet. The flavor profile on your Cherry Barcia. 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams net carb. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, no space, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. How often do you use excuses like I had a long day at work or honey, I'm just not feeling it or the Pittsburgh Steelers just kicked our asses on Sunday? It's not always easy to talk about erectile dysfunction, but Roman makes it easy to discuss and treat ED. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A healthcare professional will work you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship you real medicine with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOn, all caps, no space, and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to talk about, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just.com slash LockedOn, again, all caps, no space to get up to $50 off your first month of ED treatment, a free online visit, and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOn for up to $50 off your first month of ED treatment. GetRoman.com slash LockedOn. Sam, trade deadline, and this is where it's different from years past because – Years past, it was, you know, hey, can we get this, this? I mean, people wanted to go grocery shopping. A number one, I'm not sure how this front office is going to change um, from, and everybody wants to talk injuries. You look at the Cowboys and look at so many other teams. Yes, they lost Grant Delpit. And yes, some guys have missed time. But they're about to get really, I mean, they get Joseph back. They get Ronnie Harrison back. They get Jacob Phillips back. I'm not sure how active this team is going to be. I'm not saying they're not going to do their do their due diligence. I'm not saying if there's a, you know, this guy's really good and I can get him for a sixth round pick, 
we're going to do it. I'm not saying those moves aren't out there and aren't a possibility, but I'm just not so sure if I see this front office deviating from what they've done to this point. Yes, Baker needs to play better. You can't rectify that. Yes, the defense maybe would like a player more or two, but there's some players you really haven't even seen enough of yet where you truly know what they're bringing to this franchise. Sam, roster going further. Yeah, I don't really see there being a whole lot of movement this year uh, as far as the Browns go. I mean, Sashi Brown did trade for Jamie Collins that one year and then extend him. So, I mean, this the comparisons to Bear, from with Barry and Brown have been there, but I think they're they're two different people with two different philosophies, how, as similar as they may be. I wouldn't expect Barry to trade a third round pick for a linebacker and then make him one of the highest paid players at his position. That's probably not going to happen. Um, no. I know, like Quinn and Williams has been floated around, but. I mean, obviously, I would love to have him on the Browns because that fills a a a need at a high value position. This front office obviously values the defensive interior very highly, especially uh, the depth there. So that would be a great get. However, number one, I don't know how much it's going to cost to get him, considering he was a third overall pick two years ago. Two, I believe he has a twenty-six million dead cap hit if traded. So that's going to be the the big hurdle here. Yes, and I think that's the that's the issue with probably most of, if not all of these trade targets that have been mentioned for the Browns is it's not the cost. You know, what are they worth in a one to one swap? It's how can we get past this giant cap hit that the team trading them is going to incur? Because the Browns are not going to pay extra for you to have you know 15 20 million dollars on your payroll this year that is just sitting there doing nothing so if i had to guess i would say they they're not going to do anything at all um and if they do it's going to be something very minor with a player maybe in the last year of his rookie deal who maybe hasn't quite lived up to expectations yet but still has some athletic upside most likely on the defensive side of the ball probably in the secondary It's certainly, I mean, it's certainly possible. And, you know, I, I mean, and there were times where maybe we thought that Terrence Mitchell, that maybe this cornerback room outgrew him. No, he's your number two cornerback. He's not going anywhere. Um, you know, if you're going to talk anything with Terrence Mitchell, you're going to talk to him and say, hey, any chance we can get you here for another year or two? Um, because he's played that well. Um, I just, I don't see it. And look, there's always names that are available. And, you know, guys out of the blue, you know, like Snacks Harrison was one where, look, you wouldn't have made the move for Quentin Williams. You're trying to finish out and just give an extra depth to a room for this season. There was a guy you could have went and gone after. Um, I, I just – and the thing is, and Sam, this is where this is the kind of like the perfect blend of, you know, where it was Sashi and, you know, obviously – and but also bringing the football into it is is – they understand what having 10 draft picks does for the 2021 draft. And maybe now more than ever where, look, we're six weeks in and we're still not exactly sure on Baker. Maybe you got to manipulate a draft. Maybe you don't, but you have that luxury of moving up and down, you know, as far as making selections, this team's got the best of both worlds right now. They've got cap space. They've got draft choices. 
and they have a roster that should at least play one playoff game this year. Right. Um, I I don't see them making nine draft picks this year with this roster because those day three guys are going to have a extremely steep battle to make the team. So I think if they don't end up making a, a Mahomes type move up for a quarterback that they absolutely love, they'll do what they did last year. They'll move back in those mid rounds for higher picks the next year. And they'll keep doing that on a year in year out basis. And they'll benefit from that because they'll end up with high pick extra high picks each year that they can do whatever they want with. They can turn those into more high picks the next year, or they can add some more blue chip talent to this roster because eventually you're going to start having to let go of guys that you would rather resign, but you just don't have the cash to do that. So you're going to have to replace them with higher draft pick rookies. So I think they're definitely preparing for that right now. And I think they're, they're doing exactly the opposite of what John Dorsey did when he was here. They're adding talent while adding to their capital instead of spending capital to bring in talent. So you, you got to be able to do both of those. And I think Barry has proven to be able to do that thus far. Very, very true. Very, very true. Um, you, you, you try to, and the thing is you try to put your focus in trying to improve yourself in every aspect and not even a year on the job. I think they did a fantastic job with that. Uh, getting a little short on time, but Sam, you're out there. You're in Ohio. Big 10 football is back this weekend. What's, what's the, I mean, look, Ohio State football and the fandom always runs off the stinking rails as it is. Um, but now we're talking about the fact where they've had to wait for two months and essentially it was what one month before it was finally official. What's the vibe out there where folks are actually going to get to see and Justin Fields and this Ohio State Buckeye team Saturday? Yeah, I think there's a there's a lot of excitement as as you would expect. I mean, I can speak for myself. I'm I'm really excited to see Fields for another year. You know, I was I was really disappointed that you know we were only going to see him as a Buckeye for one season based on how he played last year. You know, if if the referees do their job and Fields and the receiver don't have a miscommunication, we're talking about the Buckeyes playing the LSU Tigers in the championship game last year. So I think they're they're a legitimate threat to to return to the college football playoff. And they've they've got a lot of talent as the Buckeyes do year in and year out. And I'm I'm really excited to watch them. Um, even if you know the Browns aren't going to be in a position to or don't have to be in a position to rather take that top quarterback prospect. I'm still really excited to see how Fields develops and uh, puts himself into contention for that second overall pick. And I'm just going to say one thing here. And I had you know some discussions today with somebody, New York Jets related. Um, and this is where the Jets are going to hold a lot of the cards if that craptastic effort they're putting out holds true. And they end up with the number one selection. Already with two first-round picks, they have Sam Darnold. You can go chasing after whatever coach you want and say, look, we have Sam. Oh, you don't like Sam? We can move on from Sam. We still have the number one pick. We'll get more assets from Sam. Um, and there's maybe some talk where the Brown, uh, the New York Jets have some interest in Greg Roman. And along with those lines kind of said, well, 
if Josh Fields has a nice couple of, and it is Greg Roman, maybe it's not necessarily Trevor Lawrence at one overall to the New York Jets because you look at maybe what would be more compatible with the system that Greg Roman's running. Maybe it is possibly Justin Fields. But look, we're getting more college football. Um, the NFL, obviously, I mean, they're doing all they can right now. There's going to be good days. There's going to be bad days as far as COVID. Um, it's, it just is what it is um, for everybody, me, Sam, everybody personally. Just be smart. Be as safe as you possibly That's all you can do. The world's going to open back up to the point where we all got to do what we got to do. Don't be the dummy. Who's, don't be the guinea pig. Go out there. Be safe. Be smart. Sam does a fantastic job, whether it's working with PFF, whether it's Dog Pound Daily, whether it's um, also with – make sure I just want to get this all right – with the first pick, NFL Draft Lounge. Um, I've gotten to know Sam you know, much better over the last few months. Great guy. Works really, really hard. Um, and for the amount that he puts on his plate for the AG is, Sam, God bless you, bro. Uh, make sure you follow him at – Sam underscore Penix. The show itself at Lockdown Browns. Always follow back account. DMs are open. Uh, me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open there. Anything you want, ideas, questions about the show, questions about Browns, whatever you guys know, I'm here for you. I try to do my best to return this all. If you guys are going to spend two and a half, three hours a week with us, I try to do all I can to return that in spades. We'll get to crossover Thursday. We'll get to your pregame show. Always remember. Um, Google Homes got your shorter one minute, five minute uh, lockdown brown segments. Go ahead, check those out. This has been your daily delivery of all things dog pound LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns. <laughs>